Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to another episode of Selling the Mark. Uh, I'm your host, Corey Mitchell, as always, and I guess it's better late than ever, coming to you a few days later than normal, and that is because it has been a huge week with so much content to watch, and I just I just recently kind of caught up on everything, um, especially with WrestleMania and NXT both being two nights. Uh, I will just let you all know right now, I did not watch Raw last week, I did not watch SmackDown last week. Um, judging from some of the reactions I had seen on Twitter and, and whatnot, uh, I don't think the go-home shows for WrestleMania were overly um, important in the grand scheme of things to what they were building to this weekend. So um, with so much going on this week and so much content to try and to try and watch, I made the executive decision that I was going to skip Raw and I was going to skip SmackDown. Um, so that being said, I did watch Dynamite and I, of course I watched both nights of NXT, both nights of WrestleMania. So we'll get to all that in a little bit here. I'm going to start with Dynamite um, because I don't I don't want it to be kind of lost in the ether here. Um, because obviously I have a lot of thoughts on both NXT and especially WrestleMania. Um <laughs> So we'll get to that in a little bit, but let's start with Dynamite, and, uh, man, like, this was such a good episode of Dynamite, and, and for the most part, Dynamite usually is really, really good, uh, but there was so much that happened on this episode, um, let's start with, uh, the announcement that May 5th, we're getting the Blood and Guts match between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle, uh, announced in just an absolutely fantastic Chris Jericho promo, uh, I know we're, we're like a week removed at this point, but I would definitely go and watch this promo if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, one of his best promos, like in a long, long time, um, and and definitely baby facing the inner circle with it. So uh, they're gonna do this blood and guts match on Dynamite uh, May fifth. That's two weeks away, I believe. Um, I think it's a little soon to like be diving into that match. Uh, I just, I don't know. I really felt like they could do a whole lot with building that match further into the year, um, like through summer and into maybe have it at all out would be um, the best option in my mind. Um, like just to throw it on on a Wednesday dynamite and especially like a dynamite that's that's going to be now uncontested going forward with NXT on Tuesdays it's it just seems like a bit of a waste of that match if that makes sense like um like that that should be a pay-per-view caliber match and and it should main event like any of of the pillar pay-per-views that AEW has um 
So I'm not sure what to expect from that. Uh, they are doing like a, a little bit of a build to it. Like you're going to have, um, is it Dax Harwood taking on Chris Jericho in a one-on-one -on -one match next week, or I guess this week, um, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Um, but the, the big storyline there is like Mike Tyson is a special enforcer after Mike Tyson kind of aligned himself with the inner circle. Um, and that all happens with Jericho getting attacked by the pinnacle backstage and the rest of the inner circle is locked in their, in their dressing room and can't get out. And Tyson's the one who comes out and makes the save. And you kind of get the reconciliation between Tyson and Jericho at the end of that segment. Um, like, I, I hope they're not aiming for some sort of uh, DX WrestleMania swerve here and Tyson ends up being part of the pinnacle or being aligned with the pinnacle when it's all said and done. Uh, I, th I think AEW is better than that. I don't think they're going to do that. But, um, like, one thing about Mike Tyson that I noticed, and it's a lot like with Shaq when he was involved with AEW a few weeks ago, is the guy's, like, totally invested in what he's doing there. Like, he's not there for a payday. He's not there for exposure. He's he's there because he wants to be part of the show, and, and he's enjoying being part of the show, uh, much like Shaq was. Um and, and much like much like Bad Bunny on on WWE has been for the last few weeks too, like just a fan who who is more than happy to be there, and and have a spot. Um, so I think yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun match. Um, it's a match I've been looking forward to since they announced it last year when it was supposed to be the Inner Circle versus the Elite. Um, obviously, the Elite is in a much different direction now, uh, especially after the main event on Dynamite. I uh, saw the Bucks teaming with John Moxley to take on Kenny and the Good Brothers. Um, and like just to go right to the finish, uh, you end up with the Bucks aligning with Kenny again and, and a, a kind of a pseudo Bullet Club reunion with the Good Brothers and, and everything. And, you know, at the expense of John Moxley. And we see... The Bucks turn on Moxley, and as they super kick him, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out, and he gets laid out too. So it's like Moxley's only only ally right now against this new uh, red, uh, reformed bowl club is is Eddie Kingston, who's laid up with an ankle injury. Um, now I for one didn't see the Bucks going this way. Um, maybe not right away. I thought we would get to an eventual. Young Bucks versus Good Brothers match at some point, and maybe with the Young Bucks supplanting the Good Brothers as Kenny's like allies at that point. Um, did see a lot of stuff on the social media about how everyone saw this coming and it was such a predictable turn. And you know what? Like, if sure, I mean it's it's wrestling, right? And it's wrestling in 2021. It's very very hard to not see a turn like that coming if if you're somebody who who really kind of studies the the product um now i for one i didn't expect that turn to happen um am i happy it did uh yeah yeah i think so um i, th I think it, it'll be an interesting dynamic especially with the bucks having a title defense against death triangle coming up right away and i would fully assume that given all the interaction between Kenny and Phoenix 
as well as the Good Brothers and Death Triangle over the last few weeks. Um, I, I think there'll be a, a big Kenny Omega presence in that match. Um, I wonder, too, if we end up seeing the Bucks transition over to Impact Wrestling to help Kenny secure the Impact title from Rich Swan on the 21st. Uh, I think that's a big possibility, too. And I'm interested to see, like, what are they going to call this group? Like, they, they kind of name-drop Bullet Club on TV and, and all that. I don't know if they're 100% able to use Bullet Club, uh, unless Tony Khan has some sort of agreement with New Japan for the for the rates on that name. Um, but, yeah, it just, you know, you kind of get this group now getting stronger, and it could eventually lead to, like, that another bullet club civil war but this time instead of like instead of it being kenny versus cody for control of the elite uh do we see um you know bullet club us taking on bullet club japan at some point i i think i've speculated on that in the past um so yeah it'll be interesting to see like what's going to happen with with all that and um where where they decide to go not just with like the young bucks, but with the good brothers too. Um, I wonder if you know, do the bucks maybe lose the titles and then the good brothers regain the titles from like down the road, creating a bit of tension between between the two teams. Um, I don't know if that's something that you would want to do right away. Like you've kind of been teasing that tension sort of all along, um, and you'll have to excuse the background noise. Apparently, my street is the busiest street in town tonight so um yeah i guess we'll, we'll we'll see what happens on dynamite this week um like i said i expect a big presence from kenny and the good brothers in that tag team title match um yeah so and speaking of presence as well um you know we got darby allen uh and he's being flanked by sting so you have the presence of sting i guess is the the segue i'm kind of of trying to build to here maybe not the best but um so he's got this tnt open challenge thing and jd drake answers the call and for anyone who doesn't know jd drake he's a a bit of a staple on dark um he's he's in a bit of a, of a group here with ryan nemeth and caesar benoni um who were both at ringside uh and then sting was at ringside with darby for the match um it was a really good match like i think you know jd drake is a pretty relative unknown to to the tv audience um and you know there's a lot of question of like why does a guy like that get a title shot and and the answer is because it's an open challenge um and i think it gives some credibility to those open challenges if you have these guys from dark coming up the challenge like we saw with cody you had guys like um matt seidel and ricky starks and eddie kingston all answer that open challenge and all end up with contracts in AEW and and you know in the case of Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston become pretty big players in in AEW so um like this is a good a good um show of faith I guess to give JD Drake uh this kind of spotlight on Dynamite um the match went on sec second from the top so um not quite the main event, and there's a couple, couple of pre-tape segments and, and injury segments and stuff between that. Uh, but again, it was a really good match. Um, for for me, I think I'm at the point here where I'm ready for 
for Darby to drop this title. Um, I think having Darby perform every week on TV, I think he's really losing that that kind of special um, factor that he sort of had when when AEW debuted, and he was you know a pretty new, fresh face to everybody. Um, but now, like you just seeing him week after week in these in these TNT Championship matches, uh, if he's going to be defending against Matt Hardy next week, and if he ends up losing this title to Matt Hardy, like, I I know everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, typical, you know, old WWE guy taking spots from young guys like that. I I don't think Darby Allen needs this title on him to be effective. Um, and I think there's a good story to tell with Matt Hardy having that title, especially with the feud that they're building with the Dark Order at the moment. And, again, I just, I don't think we need to see Darby Allen every week. Just like I don't think we need to see Sting come out for an interview every week. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need to see Kenny Omega wrestling in the main event every week. There is something to be said about keeping some of your acts special. Um, you know, and if, if you only see Darby wrestle maybe once every three weeks, I think that really helps his cause and, and makes him a bit more effective. Um, and, and again, too, uh, like with the TNT title and the title defenses and the open challenges, and you always end up having Darby as this underdog having to battle from, from underneath. And especially with like somebody like J.D. Drake, and like nothing to take away from J.D. Drake, but that should be an easy title defense for Darby Allen. Um, it it shouldn't be a matter of giving J.D. Drake enough offense to have the upper hand for a majority of the match, just so you can get the comeback from Darby at the end. Uh, you know, like the guys, he he wrestles primarily on dark, primarily on elevation, and he's coming. He's making his. Dynamite debut challenging for the title. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with the squash match. I've said that before. I'll keep saying that too. There's nothing wrong with having a squash match every once in a while. One match that definitely wasn't a squash match was um, the Jurassic Express versus Bear Country. Um, I guess Warner Brothers promoted tie-in to Godzilla versus King Kong and you ended up with Jurassic Express coming out on top um look I'll, I'll just say that I I enjoyed the match um and both teams really look like teams that have future champions written all over them either Jurassic Express or Bear Country I think very capable to one day be your tag team champions. Um, at this point, I I think I would have rather seen Bear Country get the win just to kind of keep pushing them up. Um, you know, they really emphasized rankings on this show. Uh, you know, Jurassic Express being ranked number two in the tag division and Bear Country being ranked number four. And, and even pointing out if Bear Country were to win, then obviously they would leapfrog in the, in the standings. So... For that reason alone, like I would have liked to see Bear Country win, and and maybe become a bit more of a focal point. Um, I just think with Jurassic Express, you've kind of you've kind of tried to heat them up, and now you've just put them in a bit of a holding pattern. And you know, at what point do you pull the trigger on them to be your champions, or or to even challenge for the titles at this point? 
Uh, also, really good segment from this new Nightmare Family or Nightmare Factory faction. Um, again, I don't I don't know why I indulge in wrestling social media <laughs> because I, I I find myself disagreeing with like ninety percent of the stuff that's said there. And for everyone saying that KT Marshall is incapable of of carrying this new faction and why is he getting this faction? Um, this promo, um, especially by Anthony Agogo should explain to you exactly why QT Marshall is going to be capable of carrying that faction. Uh, like, these are guys that he's had a, had a hand in training. And, you know, the story here is they've, they've sworn their allegiance to him. And it's, it's a very intimidating-looking group, uh, which I talked about on the last episode. Um, and, I mean, they gave Anthony Agogo a lot of promo time on this one, and he's going to be making his his dynamite debut on the next uh episode of dynamite i'm looking forward to see what he to seeing what he brings to the ring um and eventually what this group decides to do uh right now i think the nightmare family as it's kind of constructed gives them a big opportunity to opportunity to just kind of walk through some of the less established members of that group uh, and make their way you know eventually to to facing off with maybe the gun club and and build up through there to getting to Dustin and and Cody or whoever they want to pair with Dustin. Um, Again, I think the biggest drawback for this, for this feud is just that it gets so lost in every, every other big faction feud happening in AEW right now. Um, you know, you look at the escalation of Inner Circle versus Pinnacle, uh, the the presence of the Hardy family office versus the Dark Order, and this is just another one of those multi-man groups that is uh, feuding with another multi-man group. And, you know, especially I, you've got this huge blood and guts match coming up. These guys are going to get kind of lost in the ether a little bit, I think. Um, but again, it's it's going to be a program that's really going to revolve around Cody and again feels very separated from everything else happening in AEW at the moment because it's like I've said that's just how things with Cody feel right now he like he feels like he wants to keep himself like on the outside of the main focus of AEW um I think that's fine and I've said before like I him making the stipulation where he can't challenge for the AEW championship um, I think that really hurts him. Uh, I know it's I know it's just like a show of of him not wanting to uh, put all the focus on himself. Um, but I, I think they're really going to miss out by not having like a really good Cody championship run, whether it's as a babyface or a heel. Um, yeah, we had uh, you know they keep building Hangman Page. He had a good match with Matt Caster and. You know, he's ranked number one in, in the ranking. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he's just, the guy's on fire. And the, the time is coming to, to pull the trigger on him versus Kenny for that AEW title. Um, when it does happen, especially with the Bucks turning the way they did, that's going to introduce another interesting dynamic to this because, you know, like the Bucks were the guys who accused Heyman of turning his back on them, and they've kind of done that exact same thing now, uh, and and the roles are sort of reversed. Um, I'm holding out that uh, they can maybe bring in some familiar faces from the past to maybe help Hangman once this feud does start. Um, whether it's Bowl Club, whether it's the Elite. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Adam Cole, which is very disappointing, <laughs> especially because there was a really nice angle on uh, NXT to kind of write him off TV for a while. But we'll get to that eventually. Um, yeah, the, I think this is just what they're going to do with Hangman. Uh, give him, you know, he's going to have really good TV matches. He's going to build his record up and eventually get the title shot. Um, they made a comment that he was one win away from a title shot. I'm not sure if that means that if he gets one more win, he's earned the title shot, or if it's just a hypothetical that, like, eventually he's getting a title shot. I'm not too sure what they meant by that. Um, yeah, on the title shot topic, uh, obviously Death Triangle, Pac, and Phoenix are getting their title shot against the Bucks right away here. Um, but... And, and I think they kind of showed their hand here a little bit with this. Um, you ended up having all of Death Triangle, like Pac, Phoenix, and Penta, all in the ring. And they're confronted by best friends in Orange Cassidy, which is obviously hinting at that's the next feud for these guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder if they kind of showed their hand a bit with uh, revealing that Death Triangle's probably not winning the tag titles. I don't think I don't see the tag titles coming off the box to go into a program between Death Triangle and the Best Friends anytime soon. So, um, they they did a really cool thing here though of of showing on on the big screen all the times that Death Triangle's attacked Orange Cassidy over like the last year and a bit. Um, really cool example of like just calling back to your past and and your history of this company. Um, and, and building off established kind of stories, so that's pretty cool. I, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna enjoy that quite a bit. Let's, let's talk about the women's division on on Dynamite. Um, really good match between Bunny and, and Ty Conti. Uh, it was interesting to see, like, when Ty Conti came out, not only with members of the Dark Order, but Sheeta was with them and actually got involved in her match uh, quite a few times. Um, Ty Conti get, got the win, and they've kind of hinted that she's next in line for a title shot against Sheeta. So I wonder if they're just going to do, like, the babyface versus the babyface and just have, like, a really good sportsmanship-style match. Um, you know, obviously the the woman, the woman that they're building for this division right now is Britt Baker, who, you know, has had another great promo tonight, um, you know, asking for her title match. 
Uh, she calls out the rankings and how the rankings are rigged and, and matches should be based on popularity, or sorry, title shots should be based on popularity and merchandise sold, kind of like the company in New York does, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and then after calling the rankings a joke, she says she's going to go to dark elevation and, and just uh, get as many wins as she can to build herself up to the number one ranking. So um, really enjoying what Britt Baker's been doing the last like month two months or, or so um and again i don't think that i don't think this feud with thunder rosa is over by any means i think it's just on a hiatus at the moment and i you know they're gonna get back to those two eventually so um okay so that's gonna wrap dynamite um maybe a little bit of a quick kind of abridged or rushed version of going through dynamite um and that's only because like for for whatever reason, WWE felt we needed four nights of it of content for NXT and for WrestleMania. Um, I'm not sure how long this podcast is going to go tonight, or or this episode, I should say. Um, we're just going to keep going until I feel like we've covered everything. So bear with me. This might be a little bit uh, keeping in the spirit of WrestleMania week. It, it might be a little bit WrestleMania sized. Um, Okay, so TakeOver Night 1. Um, I'm just going to start and say my, my match of the night was Walder versus Ciampa. Um, and maybe there's a bit of a bias there because I've been talking about how excited I was for this match for the last few weeks. But I think that was the match that really set the tone for Night 1. Uh, the gauntlet match I didn't think was anything special at all. Um, I think it was just a way to get some bodies on the card and, you know... Bronson Reed ends up winning to to earn a shot at Johnny Gargano on night two. Um, yeah, I, I just I didn't think there's anything that really stood out in this match. I think for something like this, like I, I liked I liked the way it wasn't a traditional gauntlet match, and I think NXT's done this before, but I don't think I was watching at the time. Um, where it's not just your typical like okay this guy wins so he's got to face the next guy and so on and so on it was uh kind of royal rumble rules so you could have multiple guys in the ring at you know any point in the match um so yeah that was that was kind of cool to see uh it's a neat way to do do a, a match like that especially given how just drawn out gauntlet matches especially on raw over the past few years have seemed but again i didn't think this match was anything like spectacular um you know if Ciampa and Walter was my number one I think Pete Dunne and Kushida was my number two uh it was very fast paced it was very technical um very much enjoyed that match Pete Dunne ends up winning uh the big question is just where do either of those guys go from here um after just having this match kind of thrown together like literally on the go home show for NXT so um just you know a good a good excuse to have two very very skilled guys face off with each other and definitely a match i would recommend going to see um i've always liked kushida since watching him in new japan so and i've said before when i when i saw that he was coming over and ended up on the cruiserweight classic and then kind of ended up on that 205 live purgatory um i was happy to see him you know start to crack the nxt roster and get some more high profile matches um, you know, I think from what I saw on social media, the consensus match of the night was probably the triple threat tag match. 
Um, you know, for for me, it just you know I was coming off of off the Chompa Walter match that I really really enjoyed, and I just I had a really hard time getting into this tag match, honestly. Uh, MSK winning seems like the right choice, and then I think you can pick either of those two teams to to enter into a program right away for the tag titles. Um, you know, except for on night two, we found out that their first defense will be against Drake Maverick and Killian Dane for some reason because WWE logic, I guess. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably just like a one-off, and I could see them spinning grizzled young veterans into a bit of a longer feud with MSK. Two teams that have some really good chemistry. Two teams that have really good, or a really good contrast of style. Um, much like much like the Bucks and FTR, which I feel like I've said before. Uh, and in the main event, um, yeah, new NXT Women's Champion crown with Raquel Gonzalez defeating Io Shirai. Um, I wonder what this means for that division now. Does does Io Shirai? maybe move up to the main roster does she show up on a raw does she show up on a smackdown uh full disclosure i've seen some of the results and stuff from the raw after wrestlemania um i'm not going to go into them here i'm going to save them for um the next episode which should 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 hopefully be out at a regular time but i didn't see anything about uh shirai showing up on raw smackdown is still a possibility um that just that seems to be what they do with with these women's champions who have these really long reigns. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then when the titles flip, they move on to bigger things, I guess. Um, it, it also makes me wonder, like, who becomes Raquel's first competitor? Is it Dakota Kai? Do we break that team up? Um, I think breaking that team up would be a mistake. Especially if you consider that after night two of NXT, we've kind of cleaned out the women's tag division. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a let's well let's get to it right now. Um, you know, we're we're kind of wrapped on night one. We'll go to night two here. Um, the women's tag match: Castle Andy Hartwell taking on Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart. Um, one thing I didn't like in this match, and it's it's not just an NXT thing like this is a this is a go-to of WWE when they have four or more people in a match and it's this Tower of Doom spot right like you get uh two women up on the turnbuckle and then another woman comes and power they do a big powerball suplex spot I I'm just it's it's so played out like if there's honestly if there's two spots in WWE that I don't need to see any more of it's number one it's a Tower of Doom spot in a multi-person match and I think number two is, um, you know, the whole submission and crawl to the ropes spot. Like it just, it's, it, they're they're just so ingrained in the way they book matches in WWE, and um, especially like the submission spot. You just, it makes any submission that isn't somebody's signature move 
totally unbelievable and and you can't buy into it you can't bite on it at all um even when it is their signature how many times have we seen somebody get locked in the yes lock and he holds it or they you know they hold him for 30 seconds and then suddenly they have the strength to drag two bodies over to the ropes i just okay i don't i don't want to go on a big rant about spots um but yeah it's it seems like um you know with moon and blackheart winning here um in about a month they've they've gone through their whole tag division um and i wonder if that means that these titles become less of a feature on tv now uh because like they've been pretty prominent since they introduced these titles like almost a title defense every week in some form um so yeah i guess we'll we'll see what happens here like they're kind of out of opponents unless there's some call-ups coming that are gonna team up to take them on um you know, I don't think Taya Valkyrie is stepping into a tag team role when she debuts on on uh, NXT. And I don't think Zoe Stark is going into a tag team. Uh, actually, legitimately, Zoe Stark could end up being Raquel Gonzalez's first challenger for that title. That would make a lot of sense, actually. Um, okay, so that's the women's tag. We kind of jumped past the opener, which was Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin for in a ladder match to unify the cruiserweight titles so here's the problem um you you kind of set the standards for this match sky high to begin with because you tease Shawn michaels coming out and hinting at them to have a ladder match and everyone knows you know it's Shawn michaels razor ramon like that's the match right like that's the the all-time great ladder match um maybe aside from Young Bucks and, and uh, Lucha Brothers. But um, if you're going to set the bar that high, especially in a match type that has just been done to death in every promotion, um, you know, except maybe New Japan, um, boy, is, is it really hard to make a ladder match something special and something memorable these days. Um, without getting into some really, really dangerous spots. Um, that's kind of how I felt with this match. Um, full, full credit to both guys for doing their best, but they just, I don't think they hit that mark of making it a memorable match, um, making it a highlight match. Um, you know, not even for me, it wasn't even match of the show for me. Um, yeah it's it's just like it's hard like i said it's really hard because you've pushed the bar and you've pushed the envelope so much with ladder matches like and the perfect example is is the young bucks and the lucha brothers from was it double or nothing a few years ago uh, i believe it was double or nothing um that match was insane and that match had legit risky spots that i thought somebody was going to get hurt for sure um, and I think, like, I think guys just need to realize, like, they're not going to, they're not going to push that bar anymore. They're not going to top what's happened before them, especially in a match where you, you are kind of limited with what you're going to do. Um, like I'll even say the six man match to crown the first ever North American champion in NXT, that was a way better ladder match than this. Um. Maybe it was the height of the ladders. I don't know. I just, like for me, 
I'm trying to think of something memorable right now from this match that really stands out in my mind, and I'm having a hard time doing it. Um, that North American title match, right away, I think Velveteen Dream coming off the top of the ladder with that elbow. That that thing is just burned into my memory right now. Um, and that's what you want from a ladder match. That's the moment you... That's that's the goal of the ladder matches, is, in my mind, is to give fans that moment that they just... They, they can't forget it, and when they see a ladder, it's just synonymous with that moment, right? Um, you know, it's Shawn Michaels with the big splash off the ladder. Um, you know, take your pick of, of dangerous spots that the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers did in that match. So, um, again, credit to both guys. Santos Escobar ends up winning, unifying the titles, um, making the Cruiserweight title important, which I think is a big... A big thing for WWE um, and I, I think too for me this is you know you, you have the two belts now this is a good time to debut maybe a new design for this belt um, ditch the purple ditch the generic look you know the, like all their belts are kind of going in this direction right now of like this kind of hexagon sort of shape um, very, like very generic looking uh, and, and in a company where Number one, all four of your major titles being like on Raw and SmackDown, both men's and women's titles are exactly the same, save for strap color. Um, and your tag titles are incredibly generic at this point, I feel like. Um, you know, they don't even do the the um, side plates on the tag titles. That's how old those belts are. Um, you have the Intercontinental title that doesn't look like anything special and really looks a lot like the cruiserweight title um you know the nxt men's and women's championships look so incredibly similar the nxt tag championships look so incredibly similar um you know the only titles to me that stand out is the north american title which i think is a fantastic design and the united states championship which i think is not a fantastic design at all um so if this would be a good opportunity, like I said, to redesign this cruiserweight title. You know, put it on. It doesn't need to be a black strap, but ditch the purple. Like I, like I get the whole idea of the purple was like a combination of Raw and SmackDown. It's not that. It's it's an NXT title. It, you know, if you want to put it on black or put it on white to distinguish it from the other titles in NXT, that's fine. Um, but just I think it's time for a change on that title. Um, yeah, so the North American title match, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano. Um, again, this felt like a, a really ordinary match to me. Um, and it was a match that was really hard to get into. Um, definitely not Gargano's best performance. And maybe that's a bit of an understatement because he's had so many great performances on, on NXT, on takeovers, um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, Gargano ends up winning, um, I guess that's okay because, like, the, I guess, lack of a better term, the North American title division is very strong on NXT, um, you know, we saw that in the gauntlet match on night one, how many guys you could actually have challenging for that title, 
and, and any one of them would be fine. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think, I just, again, it's... For me, the match just felt so... It felt like a TV match. It, I mean, it really did. It just it felt like a standard match that you would see on any weekly episode of WWE television. It just didn't stand out or anything like that. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's time to find somebody to get the title off Gargano and, and put it on somebody new and, and break Gargano away into something different. Maybe it's time for Gargano to chase that NXT Championship, um, you know, Carrying uh, Cross. Uh, we'll get right to the main event now. Carrying um, Cross ended up winning the NXT title from Finn Balor. This was kind of my match of the night. Um, I did enjoy this match. Uh, I think Carrying Cross is a fantastic champion to have. Um, if I had one gripe about this match, it would be. Um, how unimportant it makes finishing maneuvers seem. Um, and that's not just specific to this match. That's that's an underlying problem in WWE TV. Um, and, and I've talked about it before. Like, you see somebody on Dynamite take a Judas Effect or a Paradigm Shift or a One-Winged Angel, and that's the end of the match. Um, we saw Karrion Cross really sell for most of this match. Finn Balor with the upper hand most of this match. And Finn Balor hits the coup de gras, his big finisher, and Karrion Cross kicks out. <laughs> and just knows, like, it just buries the, buries the move. Um, I, I didn't like that, but, uh, you know, good for good for Karrion Cross to uh, to get that title. Um, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I, like I said, I watched a lot of content this week. Um, this was not my match of the night, and this was not even the main event. Um, I totally forgot about the street fight with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. That was my match of the night. That was my main event, the unsanctioned match between those two. Um, I really liked how they put their own touch on it. Like, obviously, Dynamite, they have their lights-out matches, and so they turn the lights off and on real quick to signify that there's no rules for this match or it's not sanctioned. Um, in NXT, the ref worked the whole match in just a black t-shirt, not in referee stripes. Uh, so I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, yeah, I don't know if these guys topped what Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa did. And I don't know if maybe that's a bit of an AEW bias on my part. Um, but I will say the ending of this match um, and and the, the spot with the chair 
and the cell draw by Adam Cole was just incredible. And if I had, if I didn't know that Adam Cole had like, you know, at least a year left on his contract, I'd be looking at this as like his write-off. I really, really would. Um, as it is, he should probably be off TV for quite a few weeks. Um, I haven't seen anything that's happened with NXT yet. Uh, I'm recording this on the Tuesday that NXT is airing. So um, we'll touch on that all on the next episode. But um, from what I heard, there was a little bit of a big angle with Roderick Strong. Um, I'm not going to do any spoilers. I'm not going to like look into anything that happened. Um, again, I'm saving that all for, for the episode um, on the upcoming weekend. So uh, with that said, let's... Uh, Let's get to let's get to WrestleMania, um, and before I really dig into any of the matches or anything like that on WrestleMania, I think I should start by saying that um, for me, WrestleMania has always felt so special. Um, it's it's always been an event for me for for people in like my friends and stuff in our social circle to be able to get together, uh, and watch WrestleMania. Um, you know, it's one of the few shows that before the, before the pandemic, we would get to get together to watch. We kind of watched like the five big WWE shows and the AW shows. And it just, it, it always felt like just such an event. Like it was always like, it was easy to get up for WrestleMania. It was easy to get excited for WrestleMania this year. And I don't know, I don't know if it's just that I watched on my own. Um, I just wasn't feeling it this year. I just, and I talked about this on the last episode too, is WrestleMania just, there was a lot about it that did not feel special to me. Um, outside of that Universal title match, it just, a lot of it just felt like an overextended episode of Raw or SmackDown. Um, I, I definitely don't think they should be doing these two night things anymore with WrestleMania or with or with NXT. I think it's just maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just burnout on so much content um, leading into it. Like you're talking Raw, um, two nights of NXT, SmackDown, two nights of WrestleMania. We're going into the Raw after WrestleMania now, which there there is always is it's always a big deal. Um, even the next show, Backlash, they're, they're touting it as WrestleMania Backlash, and from what I can tell, from what I sort of saw happen on Raw, it's probably going to be 90, 90% rematches from WrestleMania, and I don't think that's what WrestleMania should be. I think WrestleMania needs to be the culmination of these storylines, and not just you know a stop in the storyline, or the start of a storyline. Um, like, like, I know I said I was going to talk talk about spoilers and stuff but um and it's not really a spoiler but like we we just saw drew mcintyre and bobby lashley in what i felt was a pretty uh uneventful match for the wwe championship at wrestlemania and so they're gonna have bobby lashley defend against drew mcintyre at backlash um like I know they did the triple threat match and all that on Raw to, to crown a contender, but give have somebody else. You know, it doesn't need to be Drew McIntyre. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, I don't know. 
it just again it just the whole show especially night one Matt like night one left a lot to be desired for a Wrestlemania um you know I thought the build for Cesaro and Rollins wasn't that great the match itself I thought could have been better uh, I know the story that they were trying to tell with Cesaro getting the swing on and all that um he does end up winning. I don't know if he's signed past Mania. I guess we'll find out this week if he shows up on TV. Um, the way they were kind of talking about him, like, he might be done with the company. I don't know. Um, but, but again, like, just an underwhelming build, an underwhelming match. Uh, Braun, and, Braun and Shane was, was, it, was, was what it was. It was one of the worst builds, if not the worst build for WrestleMania this year. I've had nothing good to say about this program. Um, watching the cage match, I have nothing good to say about that cage match. It was nothing but a tool to set up Shane going off the cage. Um, I'm glad the program is over. I did not enjoy it. I, I hope this is the end of Shane on TV for quite some time. I honestly do. Um, tag team turmoil to crown number one contenders for the women's tag titles. Uh, I will say the right team won in the, in Italia and Tamina. Um, not that the right team won on night two, but we'll get to that. Um, it, okay, let's let's talk. Okay, I'm not. I didn't want to jump all over the place with WrestleMania, but we're going to talk about the women's tag titles here. Um, you have an Italian Tamina win this this tag team turmoil match, which was basically a gauntlet match, right? Um, strong challengers, really strong challengers for the tag titles, and realistically, the one team that they they kind of had that could take those titles off Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, and they didn't do it. They left the titles on them, and and, and you even had the first challengers for those titles naturally built in this gauntlet match with the Riot Squad. Like, the Riot Squad looked really good coming out of this match. And you could have, you know, broken Jax and Baszler off into singles programs for, or, you know, around titles or what, what have you. And you could have had this, like, right away, Riot Squad versus an Italian Tamina for the tag titles at Backlash or whenever you wanted to do it. Um, why they didn't pull the traders on changing those tag titles, I have no idea. I don't know what they do now. Like, Jackson Baszler, like, much like NXT, they have walked that tag team division. They have they have absolutely cleaned it out. Um, maybe you give the Riot Squad just kind of like a gimme match against them for having a good showing, but again, is realistically, do you think the Riot Squad is beating them? I don't think so. Um, I mean, who knows, maybe maybe we get the classic uh, Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair team up to take on the tag champions before they face off for, for the Raw women's title at some point. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, Charlotte returned at Raw, so... Um, yeah, like, what else? I didn't really enjoy Miz and Morrison versus Damien Priest and Bad Bunny. Um, like, look, Bad Bunny hitting a Canadian Destroyer was fantastic. And like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, he's one of those celebrities that came in and just bought into it and wanted to have fun and wanted to work his ass off. And you got to appreciate that. The problem is now what do they do with Damien Priest? Because Bad Bunny is done with WWE. Um, you know, it sounded like he had a, had a handicap match against Miz and Morrison on Raw. So 
I guess that feud continues. Like, are we we build that all the way to Backlash, and have Damian Priest take on the Miz? I guess. And this this is what I was afraid of with him is he came in at the Rumble so hot, and after the Rumble he was he was so hot, and with Miz carrying that Money in the Bank briefcase, you, you, it was there. Like it was the easiest thing to book. Damian Priest versus the Miz for the briefcase. Priest wins. You move him to WrestleMania. I think Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre would have been infinitely more compelling than Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, as much as I enjoy Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion right now. Um, obviously in this scenario you have Damian Priest with the briefcase. So Lashley would never have attacked Drew to, to, for the cash in, right? Yeah, I just I feel like this guy's going to get lost on Raw. He's going to get lost in the shuffle. Just like Keith Lee, just man, just like every NXT guy who's come up to the main roster, I just um the the one match that I did kind of enjoy from night one was probably the Raw tag team titles, which surprises me because I wasn't like I I wasn't expecting to enjoy it that much. Um, you know, the real good story of trying to keep Omos out of the match and then it ultimately backfiring on the new day. And the the look that Xavier Woods gave when Omos got into the ring was just so good. It was so classic, so priceless. And and then just just have Omos be this absolute monster, and he just absolutely manhandles the new day. Um, my first impression was, oh no, AJ is stuck in the tag division um, because I am a big AJ Styles fan, and I think he should in that title picture all the time and being in the tag title scene doesn't grant him that luxury um so i was kind of worried that like he's he was going to get lost in this tag division and i think if they do this right and they keep omos as just his monster and maybe they walk the tag division for a while i think that's the right play here um it it would make a lot of sense and then eventually you know they're, they're going to break them up somehow. Maybe Omos joins the Hurt Business or something like that, right? But I, you know, I, I enjoyed the match more than I thought I would. Uh, and I think I'm going to enjoy them as the tag team champions more than I thought I would too. Uh, so on to the main event for night one. And Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Smackdown women's title. Um, again... There wasn't a whole lot in this match that I thought really stood out. I won't say it was a bad match. Um, like it was, it was a good match, maybe above average match. I don't think it was like this super spectacular thing to write home about. Um, you, you get the WrestleMania moment of Bianca winning the belts, holding the belt up at the end of the show. Uh, that's probably the right call because you you need that WrestleMania moment at some point and you you weren't going to get it on night two. Um, I'm not overly sold on Bianca Belair yet as champion. I think we'll have to see how she performs and how she conducts herself as the champion first and what her first challenge will be. Um, being that Backlash is called WrestleMania Backlash, her first challenge will probably be Sasha Banks because and, and probably linked with Reginald. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit too. I, I don't know what happened to Reginald this week. Um, 
But yeah, um, we'll see what Bianca can do with this title. Um, I don't mean to sound disparaging, but for me, this very much feels like either a Carmella or a Naomi style title reign. Um, I don't think Bianca's as big a star, in my mind at least, as the WWE would want people to believe she is. Um, I will say the hair whip that she gave to Sasha and in the match was just insane. Um, not not just the sound, but the, the welt that it left on Sasha's side was just incredible. Uh, definitely like the, the highlight moment of that match for me. Okay, so take a bit of a break there. Um, going into night two... Um, I had already been kind of burned out on night one. And for night two, like, to the start that they had on night two, the Randy Orton-Fiend match, I don't know what they were thinking with this thing. This was atrocious. This was absolutely garbage. Um, you, you know, the, it's a cool visual of Alexa Bliss coming out with a giant jack-in-the-box to reveal the Fiend, who's miraculously healed of all his burns and all that. Um... The match itself was just trash. It was not good. Um, and, and for me, like I have been saying for weeks, like this should have been a cinematic match. Um, I, th- I think the Fiend is better served for matches like that. Uh, the the crowd didn't sound like they were behind this at all. Maybe maybe that's just from watching on on TV or not. I don't know, but. Um, I think just because you can have people in the stadium doesn't mean that you should deprive them of what could have been like a really good cinematic match. And we've seen, we've seen them kind of try that before, but I guess they just didn't want all those people standing out in the rain and stuff for, for no reason. Oh, and let's, let's touch on the rain too. Um, the, the botches that we saw over the course of these two nights from, uh, Mandy slipping on the ramp to man, what was a scary looking slip in the Sheamus Riddle match. Um, I think there was a couple other two, uh, but everything like around the ring, the ropes, everything looks so slick from the rain. And for me, at least, um, I mean, it, it's not going to affect me. I'm not going to WrestleMania anytime soon. I'm not going to sit go sit at WrestleMania, but. I just think for match quality and performer safety, it might be time to stop utilizing these open-air stadiums just because you can fit, like, 60,000 people in them or whatever it is. Um, Because, you know, you see Mandy slip on the ramp on night one, but it was so scary when Sheamus was going for the white noise off the rope and and they slipped off the top rope and with how close Riddle's head got to those turnbuckles, it it was very scary. Um... But yeah, I, I digress a bit. Uh, the Randy Orton Fiend match. Um, yeah, I hated it. Um, I haven't liked anything about that program. I think that program's been going on way too long. I hope this is the end of it. Um, Orton Orton ends up ends up winning after Alexa Bliss distracts the Fiend. Like, is that the new program? The Bliss versus the Fiend. Uh, I don't know what was going on. She had some kind of I don't know apparatus that let blue or black goo drip down all over, but man, oh man, like these these poor 
these two poor wrestlers like Alexa Bliss and, and Bray Wyatt, I don't know how you salvage their careers after this. Um, if they are leaning into like Alexa Bliss versus The Fiend as, as a program, I think that's going to be worse than what we've seen with Randy Orton, honestly. Um, yeah, the women's tag title match, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, not not switching the titles. Um, the one thing, like, where was Reginald in all of this? Like, he's been the center point of so many big matches in the women's, not just the tag team titles, but the women's division as a whole. Um, he's, he's even up on the graphic with Jackson Baser during the match, but he's nowhere to be seen at all. Not even a mention of him during the program, if I remember. Um, I, I mean, I, I could see him showing up if they're going back to Sasha and Bianca for a program until Backlash. I could definitely see Reginald showing up as Sasha's cohort or valet or whatever the whatever he's supposed to be. Um, man, that, that character is so brutal. <laughs> um, okay, so at this point we've had Randy and the Fiend in the opener. We've had the women's tag match go on second. Neither, neither match was very good. Um, got absolutely treated to a spectacle with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens two guys who know how to put on a good show know how to have a good match if we could have just not had Logan Paul involved with this it would have been perfect um Kevin Owens ends up winning uh, you know there's a bit of a shoving match between Logan Paul and, and Sami Zayn that ends up with Kevin Owens stunning Logan Paul uh for the pop right um Man, oh man, one day we're going to get good programs for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, right? <laughs> like, one day, like, this company will realize the the assets they have in these guys. Um, like, you're talking about Kevin Owens, who had one of the best runs as Universal Champion, along with Chris Jericho during that, that time, and Sami Zayn, who is severely underutilized by this company. Um, I, I don't know, do you, do you team them together? Do you, do you play, like, the... Owens feels bad for Sami Zayn and you know they kind of reconcile that way sympathetic babyface tag team to challenge Ziggler and Brood who just coast along with those tag team titles <laughs> I guess I guess on Smackdown they you know they they won that fatal four-way they had on Smackdown um I, I, I just I don't know it's it's such a shame the way they they don't try to get more out of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at this point and, and selfishly, I just to to ever see one or both of those guys end up in AEW would be just spectacular. And I think I think we would all really get to see just the what potential we're missing out on with these guys under the WWE banner. Um, Sheamus and Riddle for the U.S. title. Now, I don't usually get behind the goofy backstage stuff that sh- that Riddle does. Um, but, uh, the, the little bit that he did with Kali and RVD was pretty good. I didn't mind it that much, um, leading into the match. Um, this was a quick match. Like, this was actually a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. Sheamus ends up getting the win, wins the U.S. title. Um, again, with Backlash coming up, I, I would assume the U.S. title match between Riddle and Sheamus happens again at Backlash. Um, yeah, so it wasn't a good match. 
the finish looked really cool though with Riddle going for the what is it, the floating bro and, and taking the bro kick in midair as he's mid flip. That looked really awesome. Um and, and and watching this match too, I had another kind of revelation. Um so when Sheamus gets like the guy through the ropes and clubs on his chest, they call it the ten beats of the of the Bowerin. And I don't think I remember the last time Sheamus ever got to ten with, with that move. He usually like cuts it off at seven or eight for some reason. But um yeah, Sheamus is your US champion. This this might be a little bit of like a behind the scenes hey, we're sorry we kind of botched up that program with Drew. Here's the U.S. title for you. Like, Not that anybody wants that thing, but um, sure, I guess. Uh, you know, they, they go from one secondary title right to another secondary title with the Intercontinental Championship match in a Nigerian drum match. Um, predictably, Apollo wins this. Um, I... I, I Personally, didn't see any other outcome for this other than Apollo winning, especially after what happened at Fastlane. Um, yeah, I again like it's another like gimmick match. It's just it's just a no DQ match with a you know coat of paint on it kind of thing. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, you know, where do you go from here? Is you now have this alliance of Apollo and Dabacato, who ended up helping him get the win, and so what? We're just we're just mirroring the Omos AJ thing on Raw now. We just got Apollo with like a bigger, stronger guy backing him up. I, I don't know. Um, I would go as far as to assume that we get the rematch for this at some point in the next few weeks, leading into Backlash, and the program will continue because it's WrestleMania and nothing for for whatever reason. Nothing ends at WrestleMania, uh, except for Oscar's run as Rollins champ. She ends up losing to Rhea Ripley. Uh, predictable enough. Um, you, if I mean, if you if you hadn't already assumed by Rhea showing up on Raw that she was winning this match, uh, her entrance really gave it away. This entrance was way too long. Live performance of her theme song, and I guess we had to get the whole song in. Um, Look, um, I'm all for Rhea Ripley coming to Raw. It's fresh blood for the women's division. It's fresh. It's it's fresh matches that that division has sorely, sorely needed. Um, with that being said, we saw Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania last year. So, if that's the program they're going to go with, it's not necessarily a fresh program, is it? It's just another recycled program um, with a chance for Rhea to get her win back. And, and go on to, um, you know, um, a rubber match between the two, I guess. Um, I, I I do enjoy Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea, Rhea Ripley has the look of a strong champion. Um, I don't know if they're going to play her off as a babyface or a heel with this run. I would lean towards heel, personally. I think that suits her better. Um Judging from the little bit I saw from Raw and like Twitter, I think Charlotte's going to be the heel in this program. Which again, take your pick, right? Like either one should be the heel. They're both fantastic heels. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the match was fine. Again, it just there was nothing on on these two shows that really felt like a big time 
WrestleMania match other than what we're going to talk about next. Um, everything just seems like really good TV matches. Um, and, and that's what WrestleMania felt like. I think I think breaking it up over two nights does that. It makes it feel like two really good TV programs. It doesn't make it feel like a big special event. Um, I mean, I've, I've never been a fan of the length of WrestleMania personally, but I think I would much rather watch a a five or six hour mania in one sitting with friends than, you know, two, three and a half hour shows or whatever they were over the course of the weekend. That's, that's just me. I, you know, I think, I think a lot of people make WrestleMania to be a big social event for themselves, or at least they used to. And it's, that's a lot harder to do when it's on two nights instead of one. Uh, So yeah, let's go, let's get into the, to the main event here. Um, this was a this was the match I was wanting to see out of everything at WrestleMania. This was the match I wanted to see. Uh, this was a really good match, and I love the way how they utilized the rules of the triple threat match and just had Jey Uso doing all the dirty work for Roman Reigns in the beginning. You know, taking out Daniel Bryan, taking out Edge, um, Edge playing like this unhinged kind of. I don't want to say psychotic, I think that's too strong a word, but just this really unhinged kind of character that it's it's less about the Universal title for him and more about Daniel Bryan stealing the spotlight of that main event. Um, yeah, every, every, you know, all three of these guys look really good here. Um, I, th- I, th- I think you could have had any one of these guys come out of this match as the champion and be in a good spot. Um... In the end, Roman ends up winning by, you know, pinning both of them, stacking the guys up, pinning both of them. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, that's a strong champion showing from Roman Reigns. And now maybe he transitions to something different for a while and you get this edge Brian Daniels feud for a bit. I'd be okay with that. I don't know what you transition Roman into. I heard some people suggest Big E. Um... No, he just lost the Intercontinental title and kind of looked like a fool doing it. Um, I don't think Biggie's ready. He might have been... Okay, I mentioned before, if if you had gotten Biggie into that chamber match a few months ago, yeah, I, I, I would have no problem with that. But to just throw him into like a one-on-one program with Roman, especially after losing the Intercontinental title, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Like, I didn't... I I don't think guys who lose titles should automatically get bumped up as the challenger for the title above that one. You know, like, if you lose a title, you lose a title, and you start at the bottom. Um, one, one little bit of fantasy thing that I was kind of talking on Twitter to as I was watching was, um, you know, you, you could have had something happen here where Daniel Bryan or Edge walks out with that title because Roman gets distracted by The Rock, right? Um, and I, I've, I've been talked about this a lot before. I think the natural progression for this Roman storyline is to face off against The Rock because he's talking about being the tribal chief. And I think The Rock is the most iconic member of that group of Samoans or that group of Polynesian wrestlers, if you will. Um, even more so than Roman, more so than Rikishi, more so than the Usos, more so than Fatu, uh, Yokozuna, all those guys, right? 
and you could have really set up something special for SummerSlam, I think. Um, you know, it's it's on WrestleMania, but Roman versus The Rock for SummerSlam for for like the the head of the table, if you will, I think could have been a really special match. Um, maybe it's just that The Rock is so busy. I just I don't know. I just to me there was there was hints there, right? Like they they were utilizing that sound clip of The Rock to talk about WrestleMania all week, the whole time they built up to it. I just you had fans in the building would have been a huge pop to see The Rock come out at the end. Um and it would have given you such a hot program for SummerSlam, even though it's a few months down the road. Um but yeah, I guess, you know that's fantasy booking. Um, everybody does it, <laughs> and it, sometimes the fantasy booking is maybe better than the real booking. Uh, maybe that's why we do fantasy booking. Um, yeah, so that was that was WrestleMania. Like I said, not not a show I was overly crazy for. Um, I, I'm going to try and find some time here to sit down and watch the Raw after and all that stuff um, because. This is where we should be, well, this is where we should be getting some new programs started up, but I think we're going to get a bunch of recycled stuff because of the way they've they promoted Backlash as WrestleMania Backlash. Um, yeah, so again, I apologize for having this episode out uh, a couple days later than I would have liked. Um, just life comes at you fast sometimes, and there's only so many hours in a day, and if you're going <laughs> to start cramming like what was NXT was six hours Raw would have been another three for nine uh we're looking at 11 we're looking at 13 I mean we're it's almost a whole day like it's almost 24 hours of content that I would have had to try to consume with not 24 hours of free time in my life last week so um yeah we're gonna try and get to Raw um NXT debuting on Tuesdays so this is going to be like the first week that Dynamite's running uncontested for a long time here um, and, and I wonder if they have a response programming wise to that I'm, I mean I don't think they're going to weaken their programming because they don't have competition um, I think I think the mandate of Dynamite is to put on the best show possible every week which is exactly what they do um, I'm excited to see what kind of new programs might start in NXT just with uh, the title changes for the on the women's side and the men's side um, and NXT usually does a really good job of transitioning from one program to a new program right away, which is not something we see on the, on the main shows very often. Um, and yeah, SmackDown will be tucked in there at some point too. So, uh, we'll wrap that episode up. Um, it didn't go as long as I thought it was going to go. And maybe that's kind of because I, I didn't really enjoy WrestleMania. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I enjo- had enjoyed more than like one or two matches over the weekend, um, we, we would have had more to talk about, talk about, but, uh, yeah, getting a little bit long, um, anyways, so, as always, um, please like and subscribe, um, don't forget to give me a rating on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, or, um, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, I believe, whatever it is, um, yeah, fire me some ratings um, to any new listeners I got this week. Um, I saw a bit of a boost in listenership over the past week, so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Welcome to welcome to the show. Um, and yeah, 
as always, uh, thank you to Upside Down Town for the music at the start and at the end of the show. I always encourage you guys to go check them out um, on all sorts of social media platforms, all sorts of music platforms. I'm not going to list them all off here. You guys know where you get your music from, so if you're interested in more than just the uh, 30 seconds you hear at the start and the uh, what is it, the minute and a bit I play at the end, um, definitely go check them out. Um, and and spread the word. Like if you, like I always say, if you're a wrestling fan, you've probably got friends who are wrestling fans. I'd love to get them on board. I'd love to grow the podcast more. Um, promise we're not going to be putting out too many uh, episodes that are going to be three, four days late. Um, just circumstances being what they are on WrestleMania. Uh, next show will be Sunday. I promise you, it will be Sunday. I will find a way to get through what I got to get through this week with my limited time. Uh, life got really busy for me this past week. Very exciting opportunity for me. So I don't want to get too much into that because this is a wrestling podcast, not a personal life of Corey Mitchell podcast. Um, if you want to hear one of those, let me know. I doubt I have time to do it, but whatever. Um, so as always, follow me on the Twitter at uh, Selling the Mark. Um, if you want to dive into some. <laughs> Corey Mitchell personal life stuff. It's at corn underscore CWM. Um, and with that, enjoy whatever you're going to watch this week. Uh, watch something new this week. From, you know, There's tons of free stuff on the Fight app. There's tons of free stuff on YouTube. Um, if you want to dole out a little bit of money, I hear NWA is doing some really good things right now. Um, so yeah, just don't be afraid to go to your comfort zone, watch some new wrestling, or just watch what you enjoy. Either way, I will talk to you guys next weekend. Uh, Enjoy what's left of your week.